my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, November the 24th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's goodness. I wish you God's hope as we uh, conclude our liturgical year with this feast of the solemnity. Now, gosh, brothers and sisters, that's such a churchy word. It just means high feast day. This is a big feast day. The solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. That is a mouthful. It is It is long. We're just going to call it Christ the King. Much easier. Um, points in the same direction. But anyway, uh, welcome to you. I hope that you have had and are continuing to have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and being able to spend it with those you love. That is far more important than any of this Black Friday stuff going on. Let's uh, just keep focus on the goodness and the life and love of those uh, around us. That is so awesome. And of course, God's presence in our midst. I have a special guest today. I'm going to turn the microphone over and let her introduce herself to y'all. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I am Bridget Zank. I am Joe's daughter, his second daughter, Thank third you. child mm-hmm. of the five. And um, I'm home from school for this Thanksgiving break. So I totally always want to be on the podcast and so um my dad was very gracious to let me be on the podcast and so here i am with all of you so thanks for listening now here's the dealio um she i'm gonna have her talk a little bit more about how old she is but tell us about your schooling where you are what you're doing and what you represent because we want to may want to make this a regular part of the podcast we're just talking about it it's in discussion phase Mm-hmm. Good question. Okay, so I am 22. Um, I am completing my degree in vocal music education with minors in Spanish and theology this semester, this December 2023 uh, at the University of St. Thomas. Um, I'm living currently in the outskirts of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, and and in reference to the identity piece that my dad was throwing out there, um, we are talking about having a little segment or feature of Gen Z in relationship with Catholicism. And we've been talking about um, the divides between generations and and how religious institutions are perceived and accepted. And so, I don't know, we just thought this might be an interesting addition. So if y'all have thoughts on that, let us know. We thought, you know, again, I'm an older guy, and uh, and I love to give my thoughts, and and uh, but I also know that I just bring my limited scope, and I think the more we can broaden that and get Gen Z voices or, or other generations in there, I think that's helpful for all of us. So not sure how this will go yet, and not sure if it'll start anytime soon, but it's going to happen today. So... With that, my friends, again, as always, we're going to, we're going to read, there's just, this might be a little longer pod, uh, not just because Bridge and I are on it, but the readings are just so deep. Uh, this is a solemnity and they, they chose some great ones. Um, so we're going to read the first one. It's out of Ezekiel 34. It hops around a lot. So just know Ezekiel 34. That's the reading I'll read. Then we're going to read a gospel, Matthew 25. It'll pick up immediately following the parable we heard last week. Remember the one about the talents? And then uh, this is a very famous story Jesus tells. You're going to know it immediately. But again, to invite you not just to check out, uh, listen to it as if you're hearing it for the first time. It's so good. So however you get yourself ready, um, invite you to take that time right now. Open yourself to the Spirit of God because this is God's Word 
and God has an idea of what God wants to do with it in your life. Not Bridget, not I. So um, invite you to open yourself to whatever that'll be so that word can land where it needs to within your heart. So let's uh, start with our first reading. A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock, when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So again, if there was a phrase, an idea, an image, whatever came to mind, I invite you to stick with that because that is one of the ways that God can and will speak to us through God's word. And now I'm going to hand it over to Bridge for our gospel. All right. We're reading from the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me ill and you cared for me, in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? You will answer them. Amen, I say to you. What you did not do for one of the least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So, Again, we, we call this the Feast of Christ the King, uh, or, or more lengthy titles. And I guess the first thing I would say would be 
that is a title that doesn't really speak to me. Now, I, I, this is where I would love to hear from some of our listeners in the United Kingdom, uh, in the Netherlands or Denmark or the Scandinavian countries, in Morocco or in Spain or Jordan or wherever it is. What does that mean to have a king or a queen uh, as a leader in your country. I remember this past year, you know, when Queen Elizabeth died and watching the pageantry, which I thought was absolutely beautiful and certainly felt, you know, saddened in the sense that someone died. But it didn't move me in terms of, oh my gosh, what does this mean for who I am as an English woman or as an English man? Uh, and, and again, that's where I think the voice of those who participate and live I'll say under the rule, that that may not be the correct wording, um, with the rule of royalty, what does that mean? Is it is that a comforting thing for you? Is that a an oppressive thing for you? I, I don't know. Uh, coming from someone uh, in a democracy that our only tie to royalty was when we, we threw off those shackles, you know, 250-ish years ago. And so, again, I know that I come humbly before those who live in those places uh, and, and know that you've got something to teach us that I don't, I don't have a thing to say about that. Uh, and so I just know, almost as a preamble of what we're going to talk about here, that that is on my heart and mind. Bridgie, any thoughts with that? Yeah, um, I, you know, I have a, a lot of thoughts about the idea of being seated at the right hand of God's throne. And and something that I am trying to work through and understand, and it was introduced to me in a homily probably about a year ago and is still on my mind, is I always grew up thinking that sitting at Jesus's right hand was a privilege because of course it is a privilege, especially from what we know of Jesus's majesty now today. But, um, but in this homily, it was revealed to me that that was a humble a humbling ask to sit at Jesus's right hand, not just because it's, you know, a really important position, but also because it um, could have been viewed as like, keep a watch over, keep a watch over my, the people who are at your right hand, my loved ones, because we can't compare to your holiness and majesty. And so I don't know if I'm expressing this correctly, but it's a humbling position in saying, I am nowhere near the throne and that's why I am humbly asking to be at the right hand so that I can be watched and that's guided beautiful. that's beautiful wow I, I really I've never heard that before but I love that image it's like Lord I need to be close not because I'm good enough but because I, I need you I, 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 okay so this is going to get to my first point and again I've got two points and Bridgie may have you know well she's going to have as many as she needs um I, in that first reading that I read, Ezekiel, which I'm a huge fan of the prophet Ezekiel, I hope, my friends, that that if, if nothing else, that is such a comforting reading. Because again, Jesus says, listen, thus says the Lord God. Again, so, so Ezekiel is speaking on behalf of God. I myself, meaning God, will look after and tend my sheep, period, end of sentence. Did you hear that? I myself, God, will look after and tend my sheep. What else do we need to know? Couldn't we stop our readings right there? And that's plenty good. Our, I mean, if you are wondering whether you are beyond the reach of God, 
Listen to that first one. You are not. Why? Because he says, I will rescue them from every place they were scattered. Every place. And then he goes on to say, the lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. Have you ever felt like that? You felt lost? You felt uh, alone in a crowd? You felt like nobody understands you? You felt like not understood, not heard. You feel like, man, I've screwed up beyond the love of God. God's grace can't be bigger than this screw-up. Brothers and sisters, what this says is, no, you are wrong. God will tend you. God has tended you, and God will continue to tend you. There is nothing we can do to outrun the love of God. Let that seep in. That is so good. Now, one other thing I want to say before I hand it over to Bridgie, because I liked it, and it ties into what she was saying, that humbling idea of, Lord, put me at your right hand because I need it. I am a, a, a blockhead. Um, you know, at the end of that wonderful, uh, you know, when Ezekiel is, is writing that beautiful prose, he says, but then in the words of, of God, God says, the sleek and strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. I mean, that seems so in your face. And I don't think, brothers and sisters, that means the sleek and the strong, man, I'm going to put to death. I can't wait to send them off to Hades and the underworld or whatever. I don't think that means that at all. But I think it means, here's what I know about the sleek and the strong. They don't think they need anything else. They think they're okay. They would never go to the king or queen and say, put me at your right hand because I need, I need you by me. They'd be like, I can be out here on my own. I'm good. I'm good. Brothers and sisters, I think what it means first and foremost to be a sheep is to realize we need a shepherd, that we are the lost and the strayed and the injured and the sick. And to the extent, I mean, goodness sakes, we live in a culture that focuses on being sleek and strong and having everything together. Social media is, is all centered around that. But that's not what we are. That's not who we are in reality. And, and to the extent that we buy into that myth, we separate ourselves from God, and that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah, I think that my immediate reaction to this reading, the first reading, was um, almost separation from God and feeling like, well, I can't be one of the sheep. Mm-hmm. I can't be included in that. And I've been reflecting on where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think because of, especially in the United States, but I mean many, many places, the pressure to be successful, I think I see my successes and then I become hard on myself and say, where have I left my faith behind here? And where am I choosing the world over Jesus? And there's certainly areas where um, I, I can work on that and pray about that, but I think that's exactly the answer is that that doesn't mean you're isolated from the kingdom of God. I think that means that you can then pray and say, Jesus, this is why I, I want to be at your right hand. This is why I need your help because I'm seeing these areas and I want to be better for you. And I think a lot of us, um, just especially Christ followers, can be very hard on ourselves and say, well, I, I haven't been doing this right. I haven't been doing this well, and therefore I'm not one of his sheep. And I think it's that's exactly what he's saying is you you are one of my sheep. You're you know, come back to me. You're, I am, I have never left you. And, and I want you to see that you are mine. And I think we just have to accept that and, and just lean on his, his help 
and his leadership. I think that's so beautifully stated. I I, I think that, so I'm going to put a name around that, and that may not be fair because you may put a different name around it, but I know in my life I I experience a lot of shame. And, And in a sense... What shame does is says I'm not worthy of being that cheap. I'm, I'm, you know, if you really knew what I was thinking, or if you really knew what was going on within, or or berating myself, like you said, Bridge, for for not doing something uh, correctly or well, or as as well as the person that I see over there doing it. Um, and I think, in a sense, that puts me outside of God's grace—not grace, but but all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not. I think the only thing that puts us outside of God's grace is our own idea that we are outside of God's grace. And, and so the fact that I think that about myself, in a sense, puts me there. And I'm like, and God's like, stop that. Stop that. Um, here's the other point I want to make. And, and then uh, I'll let Bridgie just kind of talk and talk and do whatever she wants to do. But I think in that wonderful sheep and goats, I mean, we know that, right? We know it backward and forward. Um, and, and, Clearly, it's presented as an end-of-the-world thing. You know, it it even says that at the beginning of the gospel. But I don't think it necessarily is an end-of-the-world thing. I mean, I think it's a a happening-right-now thing. And and I don't think it's a a Jesus is sitting there and saying, okay, Bridgie, you're over on this side, and sorry, Joe, you're over on that side. And, and, you know, that. I mean, I'm not going to tell Jesus what he can, can and can't do, but I think that what it's saying is, our very actions and our very intentions and our very compassion judge ourselves. We, we judge ourselves here because, you know, he, he looks at the group over on his right, the sheep, and says, hey, come and enter into my kingdom because I was hungry and you gave me food, you know, naked and you clothed me, et cetera, et cetera, right? And they're like, um, when did we see you? I mean, we just saw people who were naked and knew that they needed clothing. And we saw people in war-torn, strife country who needed love and a home. And and we saw people who were uh, fleeing the violence in their country, and we just said, come stay with us, or or whatever that is, right? Um, we didn't know it was you. We just saw. So these are the things I would say. Brothers and sisters, we need three things to make sure we are on the, the, the I don't want to say on the side of God, that, that we are open to what God is, I think, inviting us to in this Ezekiel, because you know if God uh, tends the sheep, we're called to, to do that same thing. I think, first of all, we have to have eyes to see those who are in need. We have to have the eyes to see those who are in need in our families, in our communities, in our world. Secondly, we have to have hearts that are able to be moved by their plight, right? The priest and the Levite and the Good Samaritan saw. They had eyes to see. They saw the man beaten on the side of the road, but they didn't do anything about it. They didn't have hearts that were moved by it. So that's the first two. But then the third is we have to have the intestinal fortitude. We need to have the, the courage to act on that. Because we can have the first two. The bottom line is the goats may have had the first two. They may have had eyes to see who was lost and naked and sick and strayed. They may have been... I had the heart that to be moved by that and said, oh, bless them. And then went back to their, you know, computer or went back to whatever they were doing and didn't help act to, to, to change that situation. We are called, brothers and sisters, not only to feel okay that our God will shepherd us. He has and he will. But that means, of course, we need to do the same, which means we need to have eyes and a heart and, frankly, that's why I say that this the stomach 
to, uh, to have the courage to act out and, and emulate. And maybe that is why I need to be on the right, at the right-hand side of God, because I need to see that and come back to that to remember that in order to live that. I really like that image. Bridgie, any thoughts? Yeah. I'm thinking along the similar lines, but to put it through a different lens, um, I see this reading and gospel really specifically through, and I apologize to the European listeners and listeners abroad, I keep bringing up American culture, but um, I see it a lot in our social culture right now where there's a political divide that's really, really strong and... And I don't necessarily, I'm not criticizing anyone for being on, divided on, on anything politically. I myself, you know, struggle with it. But um, I think that my struggle with these readings immediately is like, am I on the right side? And I view that in line so much with politics. And I think a lot of Gen Z would also mm-hmm. say the same, that a lot of politics are like moral and ethical, um, whatever side you're on. And... So then I, I think, well, when Jesus is coming to judge me, am I on the right side? And and who am I looking at across the way that's not on the right side? And and what's making me feel more righteous than these people? And I, I look at that and I think, again, it's that insecurity and that shame of me not seeing that myself and others are included in in God's flock. Because I think I look at myself and I say, in order to be loved, in order to have grace and mercy shown to me, I need to be good in these ways. And these are the ways I know how to be good. And since these are the ways I know how, what people are doing differently can't possibly be um, supporting my idea of how I need love and grace because they're maybe showing it in a way that I'm not familiar with or I'm not comfortable with. And and therefore, it's threatening my own safety and my own love that I am and waiting for it. And I think, again, it just comes back to, we are all part of God's flock. There is not, we are not fighting for space. We are, there is room for all of us. And God is open arms to anyone who wants to, even if you don't want to be there, he, he claims you, you know? Um, and so I think that that's just where this is taking me. I love that image again, because it, it calls us out of ourself, right? Because I think it's easy to put up those own walls and say, okay, yeah, here is, how I view the world and how I view God and how I view everything that I need to be doing and those who aren't living in the same way, well, they're on the other side of that. But to invite us to say, okay, where is God there? Because I need to come with that same humility, say, what do they have to teach me as well? And and how do we walk together in this? Um, yeah, maybe division isn't really, we have too much division in our, in our world and, and how do we bridge that and move beyond that? Uh, speaking of bridging, Bridge, anything you want to say before we move into our time of prayer? I don't think so. I think my only thing is just a personal prayer. And if you think that this speaks to you, um, just I hope that you send it up in your heart. But Lord, I ask that you really place a desire in my heart to just be near you because I need it and to open my heart and mind to what your mission and love and thoughts are for me to show in this world um let me just be a vessel of your love and your your shepherding your flock through me amen i love that i love that i might take that into toward the end of my podcast and say my prayer for me i think would be and for all of us would be that we have the eyes to see 
those who are in need, that we have the heart to be moved by their plight, and we have the courage to act on it, that we may be women and men of courage and um, justice. So, my friends, let us pray together, and we are on the fifth joyful mystery. Now, as we enter Advent, you know, I might just go back to the joyful because it's going to walk us through the uh, season that's upcoming, but at least for today. Uh, Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth joyful mystery, the finding of Jesus in the temple. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, thank you for being with Bridgie and I today. This is the same Bridget that has done the music that I thank in every one of the liner notes that does our intro and exit music on this pod. So we are going to hear it momentarily. Thank you, Bridge, for being uh, with us here today. Thank you for having me, and thanks for listening. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week ahead of you. Be well, and God's peace.